0: Hello, hello, hello. Once again, Story Squad, it is your favorite author, And in Porterfield, with another edition of Storytime. Now, I said to you before, I said on the last episode that uh, I was going to give y'all a bonus episode this week since I missed the week of the Super Bowl. Uh, Don't bring that up. It's still painful. I don't even want (laughs) to talk about it. But with that being said, um, this episode is a bonus episode for the week. And it's also uh, my first episode where I have a guest on. Uh, So uh, I'm going to introduce him. It is a very, very good friend of mine. Godfather of my son. Very intelligent young brother who is going to uh, help discuss uh, one of the subjects that I want to talk about today, which is uh, the future for black people in the STEM field. So um, that being said, I want to introduce uh, the one and only Frederick Royal.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Glad to have you here. Now, uh, like I said, we are going to be talking about STEM today. Now, uh, some of you hear me saying STEM and you may be thinking about like sticks and stems and you're sticky and that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, What I'm actually talking about is Uh, STEM in regards to employment and in regards to jobs that are uh, available in the workforce today. So STEM represents a specific field of study um, that I think is going to be very critical and very important to uh, not just the black community, but Mm -hmm. to everyone Mm -hmm. uh, going forward in the future. Um, So with that being said, I'm going to start things off with our first question, which is what is stem uh frederick
1: yeah so um essentially it's the study of science technology engineering and math in one Um, and so as you see what's going on in the united states and really from a global perspective um, a lot of things are moving to that path where technology is emerged in it in some type of way um, to really um speed up the process of doing things allow companies to be a little bit more efficient. So it's an important field of study for all of us that we should be really looking into. And if you have children, you should definitely be looking into what type of programs they can be in that this is kind of the century, the center point of that.
0: Okay, so when you talk about technology and and the future things, you're talking about basically automation, right? True, true. um, Where uh, companies are saying, okay, we used to have to have 100 people to do this one job. But now we can get a computer to cut it into 50 Mm -hmm. or 25 or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, We used to have to use mail trucks, but now we use drones and things like that. So uh, that's what what Fred is talking about when he's talking about STEM. And So um, it it brings me to uh, an important point. And and I'll bring this up in the next section. But uh, Andrew Yang, the, the presidential candidate who just dropped out of the race, um, was talking about how important STEM is now. Um, what is what is your role in STEM right now?
1: Like, what do you do in STEM? Yeah. Um, so currently, I'm a software engineer. Um, I've been a software engineer for about nine years at a company in Charlotte, and I've I've had I've played a variety of responsibility and roles in this central um, centric role. And so, um, for me, if you kind of want to go into my background a little bit. Um, i actually was introduced to my first computer around 1995 around fifth or fourth grade and from there it just something that captured me and playing around on it was a windows 95 for all the older people out there that know about that original operating system so it just comes down to the fact that um, I, I it was something that was introduced to me really really early in life um, i was really good at it um, i guess my shining moment was when I actually got an award for my elementary school, Lincoln Heights Elementary School, for everybody that um, lives in the Fuquay area. um, That is where I received this Tech Star Award where I went to the convention center and presented like Windows 95 PowerPoint to a couple of people. And from there, it was one of those things like my mom was proud of me. It's like, well, he's going to be an engineer. He's going to be a computer engineer. And so from there, it was just kind of something that stuck with me. But um, again, it's one of those things where um, because I had it early on, it was something I kind of grew with. And I kind of grew into this role as I got um, into college and into my professional career. Awesome. And, and what Fred left out was that I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> no,
0: no, actually. Um, so I actually recently, um, within the past uh, two years, well, year and a half, uh, I actually went back to school myself for uh, STEM. I, I taught myself how to be a full stack developer. Fred was very, uh, critical to to helping me uh, make it through that class. I probably wouldn't have have made it through without him. So uh, definitely uh, give kudos to him for that. Now, something you said was that, uh, you know, it was your early foundation that kind of set you on the path. Mm -hmm. But for me, I had no, you know, desire early on to get into it, but I did. At age 31, Mm -hmm. I decided to just do a career change and, Probably one of the best things that I, I ever did in my life was to go into the STEM field. Um, what what demographics or what you know what characteristics do the someone who wants to enter STEM? What do they need to get into this field?
1: Yeah, I, I would say if I think you know we are all assumed that math is a, a, a center point of this field in any direction you go into. Um, but I, I charge people that you know that are really good at problem solving um, that, that like the ability to to stick out something and figure out and, and know how not, no matter how long it takes, um, focus on the central problem along with the ability to um, process information really quickly and that like math, this is a good avenue to look into. And, and what I'm careful about is I, I, I've been able to go to um, recruit different people from different colleges. I'll be at UNCC, um, next week at their career fair. And one of the things I always tell people is make sure you find a passion in it um, because half the battle is being able to stick through the rigorous course loads that you're gonna have through the various steps. And the other battle of it is, again, that problem solving. You know, the central problems that our business is looking to solve. So if those are the kind of quality that you have as a person and it plays into you like in computers and mathematics and problem solving, then you should definitely look into you know going this avenue.
0: Okay, dope, dope, dope. So with that being said, we're going to stop there and come back. We're going to jump into next. So we just talked about basically what STEM is. But next, I want to talk about kind of the direction that the country is going into and why it's so important for people and especially in the black community to start transitioning into uh, these types of jobs. One of the greatest joys I have in this life is storytelling. Whether it's superpowered teenagers, high-paid assassins, or ancient demon hunters, I am driven by the process of telling compelling stories that engage and entertain people. My hope is that through these tales, I can inspire others to attain to heights in their own creativity, to tell the stories of others through my lens and bring a smile to the faces of other individuals. Now you have a chance to be a part of my story, By subscribing to my Patreon and helping me to grow my writing and my publishing company to the next level, with your support, I'll be able to create new content for you like podcasts, audiobooks, and more. To get started, just sign up at patreon.com slash yourfavoriteauthor. And we're back. So, so you know, in the last portion, I mentioned Andrew Yang, and I mentioned that he was speaking on kind of the direction that um, America needs to kind of trend towards in in regards to technology. And so, I'll I kind of paraphrase a conversation that he was having on, uh, I believe it was on Joe Rogan's podcast, where he was going around talking to truckers about where they see their job in the next 10 years. And so the truckers were saying that they felt secure, that you know they were gonna have a job forever because as long as you got a CDL, you can get a job. Um, but Andrew Yang tried to explain to them that there are actually you know companies that are developing trucks that drive themselves, or at least that can be driven remotely so that they don't need people to be on the road driving the trucks. Um, it'll be more cost efficient, it'll be safer. You can rotate drivers in and out without having to have someone on the road for 18 hours a day. Um, and the truckers, their response was basically disbelief. They didn't think that this was something that could potentially happen. And so what Andrew Yang was saying, and uh, I definitely advise you to check out that podcast if you do, is uh, Joe Rogan and Andrew Yang. Basically, that belief, that sentiment is something that's held Across the country is that people think the jobs that we have today are always going to be there, and unfortunately, that's not the case. And so, when when we look at a a vast majority of the jobs that people have now, so um, we we look at jobs and we we think of jobs as a broad spectrum of you know they're doctors, they're teachers, they're you know this and that. There's there's everything. There's you know salesmen. There's real estate agents. There's everything, but. In reality, when I think you check the labor statistics, it shows that majority of the workforce occupies certain jobs. They're either in some form of retail, some form of truck driving, or some type of service industry. And those are the jobs specifically that I believe are going to be the main ones that are going to be hit when automation starts to take over. I mean... I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Fred?
1: Um, Yeah, so you're exactly right. Um, Being that I'm in this field and and I I work for a company that's constantly looking at automating certain processes, the the, the honest, um, the perspective like most of us should look at it from is that we should be able to grow in whatever we do. If we're going to work for somebody that um, has some type of process in place where we can be replaced, um, we need to always think about it from that perspective about where the future is going to be and if we can be replaced. And so one, one of the biggest things um, that I've done and that people should do is they should continuously read up on the direction that we're going in the United States um, in regards to um, how companies are looking at um, being disruptive. And so, you know, we talk about fame. You look at places like Facebook, Google, Google um amazon these are companies always pushing the top edge of technology to you know satisfy whatever initiative that they're trying to complete and so what you have to do is you have to look at the fact that um computer power from you know the 90s up until now has immensely grown yeah so at at the end of the day something that is being done by individual person um, if it can be automated that an a system can do it it's going to be much more efficient much more quicker and some of the things that we don't think about you know when you're on a salary job or a job period you have to think about that they're paying you um they if you're getting you know your your benefits you're you're getting your insurance paid for mm-hmm. um potentially life insurance at a cheaper rate you're getting um obviously a salary and whatever additional amenities they want to give to you. So you got to look at it. If a company can cut that and cut the number of head and cut that overhead price and use computers that, you know, don't require all these social constructs or things that we need to survive, then a business is going to do that. Because at the end of the day, what is the, the primary needs for a business? Make a profit.
0: Exactly. So it's is interesting you said. So I think about um, when... And then while you were talking, I actually Googled the most in-demand jobs for 2019 and the number one job was application software developer, annual median salary, one hundred one thousand a year. And so that by itself should be incentive for people to be like, okay, this is the number one in-demand job, meaning that this is the number one job that companies are hiring for. So when people are saying like, oh, there are no jobs. No, there are plenty of jobs just not doing what you know how to do and so there needs to be a mass i don't want to say re-educate i don't know maybe re-education is the right no
1: way. i i i think this kind of leads us into you know um I, I don't want to jump ahead but kind of the question about um why i guess so many black people shy away from this or african-americans shy away from this yeah in some in some respects i, I think the the thing is as a, as a whole we are all in tune to things that we care about. And that may not be the news, that may not be where the trajectory of the industry or the company the the United States is going. But one of the things to look at is that um, the United States and and companies are gonna always create, you know, plans and initiatives that are gonna produce money for them. The second part of that is that the education system in some respects, depending on what, um, you know, Sometimes we have to tend to be in different areas where the schools may not be big based on our demographic. This might not be something that's being preached. So there's a disconnect. You have United States going in one direction and then you have us as a whole, maybe not getting that information to us. Maybe it's, it's, it's not taught in the school. Maybe our, you know, our parents or whoever, our guardians are not really looking um, because that's not something they really care about. But um just throw out some stats and you kind of um, touched on this a little bit, but, and I'm gonna add more from the perspective of where the growth in STEM is expected to be. So um, from 2016 to 2026, um, STEM, the STEM field and, and jobs in relation to that uh, are expected to grow by 10.8%. So you can see there's obviously a shift um, in regards to what people are looking for, what other natural jobs. This is this is the arena. This is really the arena where um, if, if I'm anybody and I have an interest in it, or I'm an educator that can provide that type of guidance to all demographics, specifically African-Americans and Latinos, this is the direction you should be looking at. I think also another thing that um, that you kind of touched on is salary, looking at um, what type of life you want to have. And so I I think one of the things that um, and not to be too long with it, but I think one of the things that occurs is, you you know, we go through school, we're given a set of things that we should that we should do. You know, you're you know, I forget what it was in high school, but, you know, four maths three sciences whatever it is and then you're told at 18 to pick a career and figure it out and then everybody doesn't you know necessarily want to go that route but there's also this idea that i want to go do something i want to be able to travel i want to be able to go to this game and if whatever your interest is you want to get married that. i want to have kids exactly. Like, exactly those things cost money Yeah. and so what what happens is um you know the perspective that we have we have may be a little immature, not solidified, and then you get to a certain age where you want to do these things, but you realize you're in a, maybe you don't have the proper education that you want to have to get to where it is. And so I think that in totality, people have to look at it from a perspective is, what type of lifestyle do I want to have? Where in the United States, um, or overall, what is the United States doing um, in the direction of companies? And do I align with that? Now, if you you can be an entrepreneur and, and, and drive that yourself, but um, I just want to throw this out in regards to um, education in general, because this kind of plays into the whole area of STEM as well. Um, I would say if you look at um, the labor statistics for education and pay related to kind of STEM and whatnot, or overall, um, a person that... Um, or overall, if a person doesn't have a high school diploma or has less, um, that percentage of people um, that is going to be unemployed is 4.9%. Now, if we compare that to some of the upper level um, degrees, like a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a professional degree, you go from the unemployment rate being 5.4 for a bachelor's degree, 4.0% for a master's degree, 2.4 for a professional degree, and then 1.9 for the doctoral degree. So you can see... Some of the jobs that may not require the highest level of education um, typically have a lower have a higher unemployment rate, which shows you that, um, again, engineering is going to always have you in the space if you're dedicated to be able to you know, be employed and to be able to reap the riches of being able to do some of the things you want to do. So it, it kind of goes hand in hand, the unemployment rate with some of the higher degrees, you know, being in the STEM field. Um, and I won't get into the median of the weekly earnings, but it's a pretty stark difference between um, having just a, a high school diploma and lower and having like a, a higher professional degree. Dope. So they all go in hand in hand. Okay.
0: And you know what's crazy is I didn't even think about the fact that I could have had my wife on this podcast as well since she is an engineer, but uh, she is asleep because I kept her up with my coughing all last <laughs> night. So uh, yeah, I'll definitely, I might get her input on a later podcast, but. Um, that's definitely dope. So, you know, we think of education, we think of income and all these things, which, you know, we're, we're working towards anyway, but for some reason we've kind of not focused on the STEM field. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, that's kind of, I'm, I'm going to pause it right there. Cause I got another question that I just came up with. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you for the next part. What's going on world? Once again, it is your favorite author in Porterfield. And if you are creative for yourself and you're looking for an outlet to get your content or your voice out, then you need to check out anchor.fm. Uh, I've been using it for over a year now and I love it. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain a few things. First of all, it's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I actually do a lot of my stuff on the go. And then Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it basically gives you everything you need to make a great podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, so, you know, bonus round here. What types of jobs or what industries, you know, can you get a job in with a degree in the STEM field?
1: Um, Honestly, it's... It's, it's so many. I, I can't even name the
0: so, so it's, just, it's so many, man. You could work in the medical field.
1: Medical field.
0: You could work in, uh, of course, the IT field. Could you get a job in commerce?
1: Um Yeah. Matter finance, fact, uh, finance, finance. Okay. Um, banking? 100% banking. We're the banking capital in Charlotte. So okay. Uh, I mean, you could work in the military. Military, CIA, NSA. Law enforcement. So law, any type of law enforcement. Law enforcement. enforcement. Okay. Yeah. So you essentially with a
0: degree in STEM could work in any industry, almost any industry. I mean, really you could work in a restaurant, you know, design other websites 100. if you wanted to.
1: Website, web design. I mean, I think we also have to remember that the degree itself opens up so many opportunities in different, you know, roles. Yeah. Like there's people I know that um have a computer science degree but they are project manager or they are scrum master gotcha. so the it's it's a gateway to having the, the the flexibility to do so much in in any field really got gotcha. you got gotcha. you okay so so
0: now we were talking about this uh on the side so with the black community with with us with our people right mm-hmm. how or, or what steps are needed to make these types of jobs, this type of education, become a target for us, because right now, I mean, I'm sure there's a there's a small percentage, but it's it's not what most kids are going to school for. Like most, and and you would think with the usage of technology, like every child that you know uses a tablet or a gaming system or a laptop for something, but why? With the interest in actually building these things, maintaining these things, programming these things, um, where why is that interest not there? Like wh- whose responsibility or, or what do we need to do
1: to drive that? So that, that's a really good question. Um, and I've gotten that before in different types of environments and different um, people. So and, and this is just my opinion. Um, you kind of ask a, a bunch of things there. So I'm kind of break this down. Um, so one of the things is, I, I don't think that it's just it's one specific area Well, this is problematic or that is deterring us from maybe not being in this field or not being exposed to it. I think it starts at the representatives that people are seeing that look like them. Representation. You know, representation is big for us in, in all the arenas. That's something we're still fighting for so many different areas. Exactly.
0: So um, you may remember from a few podcasts ago where I talked about uh, how important it is for for people to see people like themselves doing certain things because you won't know that it's a possibility until you see someone who looks like you do it. But go on, continue. And so, and,
1: and to add to that, um, if I think when we think about a traditional engineer or a programmer, I think we all go back to the 90s, feel it's a Um, white guy, Caucasian guy in a room, um, antisocial, wears glasses, not really cool, kind of the geek guy. Or we look at, you know, what we've been taught in school. Some of the mathematicians or those guys are, you know, older white guys, maybe balding, stuff like that, the view of it. And it's not representative of us as a whole. Um, And so I'm I'm a 6'2", like, I think I'm. I think I'm pretty hip in, in some things, and you know, and that's anybody who says they' pretty hip ain't pretty hip. I think. I think that. <laughs> I think. I think I have a little cool swag, a little swag, but no, but but for me, um, and, and that's why I actually have, and let me get back into this. I went to schools, um, that I know that you know need that influence people to see a different view, um, of just somebody that looks like them, um, of their frail that. That they can say, hey, well, you know, this guy is doing it. I wouldn't even think he would be a programmer. The, the the problem is representation, looking at the fold, do I fit in there? And so I actually had came across a Washington Post article. I, I'm I'm bad at remembering the titles of these things, but it's I think it's came out a couple of years ago, and it's showing that the rates of minorities going to these programs is pretty high at colleges, but it's showing that they don't stick with the program. And I know this from personal experience when I um I started out, I went to Western Carolina, Western Carolina University and I was like the only black guy in the major for at least my first three years. And so it's intimidating. It's intimidating. You don't have people that look like you or maybe even have the same um, perspective on life as you. And so you're facing that challenge altogether. And then there's one other point to add to this kind of that goes back to why, you know, we may have difficulty getting into this particular field is that a lot of us don't have the fundamentals based on maybe the environment we come from. And so, and we're talking about, talking about this off the air, but it's really so that, you know, um, some kids just get passed through, you know, they, they might struggle in algebra and they might struggle in, you know, an eighth grade plus math or whatever it is now. And so they keep getting passed through and then this is still in their mind, but they're not having a mentor or somebody tell them, hey, these efficiencies are going to catch up to you. And so then you get to the collegiate level and you realize, man, I got to take calculus one, calculus two, calculus three. I'm not really good at math, but I love, you know, doing, you know, programming. And so then it becomes a deterrent because now I'm spending money. College is extremely high at this point. Yeah. And I'm not good at it, but I want to do it. But I got to weigh the odds. And so I'm probably going to switch majors and, you know, you take yourself out of that, you know, that access to being able to have so many, you know, possibilities through this this particular um so you think that people apply kind of a practicality, like it's not practical for me to
0: continue down this route because it's gonna be cost inefficient. Yeah, cost,
1: cost cost inefficient and I may need to take a lot more prerequisite courses to get myself ready to go into this field. Gotcha. I couldn't tell you how many people that dropped out of CS when I was in school. Gotcha. That's that's it's interesting
0: is funny because, um, you know, you know, coding is something so they and, and you know, I, I showed my my oldest son. I have a 10 year old, uh, my oldest son. I've showed him some some little gaming apps that teach some basics to coding. And of course, he'll still need to, you know, learn the math and the other yeah, things later formal, on. Formal but um, I tried to introduce it to him early because I wanted him to kind of see what an op- his options were. Um, and then I think of myself when I was in high school, like I, so, you know, I graduated with a 4.2 GPA. I was a smart kid. Uh, but I was also a kid who I paid attention in class, took tests very well, and I would sometimes do my homework, but I took tests very well and I could just retain information, but I did not learn certain critical thinking skills and certain study habits um, that I needed for when I went to college. And so the first bout in college, I struggled heavily, um, because I didn't have that focus and, and that, uh, that kind of, uh, discipline that I needed, uh, to be able to do what I needed to do in school. So, um, you know, after going to, uh, I, you know, of course I went back to school for my business degree and then, uh, I ended up going back again to learn to be a developer. And being a developer required a different level of focus and, and dedication and, uh, you know, commitment to study for me. Like it's, it's, um, it's an ever learn uh, process of continual learning. And, um, you know, I'm sure Fred can, can attest to that way more than I can, because he's been doing it way longer than me. Um, but even now, like I, I actually just signed up for my first hackathon and, uh, I have no idea how I'm going to do with it. You know, I'm just going to do my best and, and roll with it, but, uh, it's definitely something that's going to be challenging. So, uh, s- the STEM field is not a field where I don't think anyone can come into it and think they're going to coast. I mean, could, you know, would you agree with that?
1: Man, just to add to that, I would say, you know, I graduated, um, in 2010. So roughly I've been doing this for about nine years and I can tell you, coming out of school, um, I was nervous, you know, it's, it's a very competitive field, but the amount of what I've learned from this being on the job is 10 times more than I learned in school. And it just comes to the fact that um, there's so many different um, areas of programming that are not covered in school, and it might have been my university and my exposure at the time, but you have to have that real world practical experience so my cs library is pretty immense at this point i have several books I'm, I'm trying to get on my ceo level of thinking where you know i think the average ceo reads about 52 books a year or something crazy like that and so there's always continuous learning in this arena um i'll throw out this word data scientist you know big data yeah. um, the, the the round of um, um, i guess the the need for people in that particular role is grown immensely with you know um you know a lot of people might be um familiar with cambridge analytics with the whole facebook scandal with the um campaign all that was centered around collecting users data mining getting understanding and being able to predict, um, like. yeah. predict predict behavior and so those algorithms have been around for years, centuries. They're, they're old algorithms that have, you know, now we have the computer power to actually use them. So that's a different journey for a lot of people um, being able to learn that. So there is. And, and and I'll say that's just now came into the fray. I mean, no, you know, a couple of years ago, um, what we thought was artificial intelligence hadn't even touched what it, we think artificial intelligence and machine learning is now. So yeah, it's gonna continuously be a journey that you learn on. Um, like I said back, when you know, he asked me the question about um, what type of you know personality traits that you should have when you go into this field. Perseverance um, is a big key one. Being able to lock in and focus. Um, I already went over problem solving and you know just having a keen for the computer. But again, that due diligence to um, stay in, stay focused. And I'll add this last point. From uh, any guy, anybody listening to this podcast that's a um, .NET developer and a C sharp Microsoft RAM, I have been, and I'm only 31. I've seen two phases of technology shift um, that have been effective that have been effective in my life. I've seen the death of web forms. I've seen the introduction of MVC, and then I've seen the introduction of .NET Core. All these different technologies um, at one point. If not now, are have been prominent, but because of a new one coming along that was a little bit more efficient, that required additional training that I did not get from college, that I maybe not got from a job I was on. So yeah, it's a continuous field of study that requires dedication, and um, for you to in order for you to um, be able to persevere. <laughs> Definitely. So
0: what you just said was key is that there's always new technologies coming out which means that there's always going to be a need for people to learn those technologies. So uh, we're going to, we're going to come back one more time and then we're going to finish out and uh, got one more question that I'm going to ask you and and we're going to call it. Right, and we're back now. Um, once again, I want to thank you guys for continuing to support me week after week. Um, you know, definitely share the other podcasts if you have uh, you know, got a chance to check those out. Um, and then, you know, subscribe to, to uh, I'm on Apple Music, I'm on Spotify and everything as well. So uh, subscribe to those, the podcasts there as well. I'll, you know, definitely grow my listenership. Uh, tell your friends about it. Tell anyone that you think will be interested. Just let them, you know, know that your boy got a podcast and you know he's pretty dope every once in a while but without you know delaying things any further we're gonna finish this thing out for today so i have one last question uh for our guest and i want to thank him for for coming on uh the any, podcast anytime, with me. Anytime. um so with that the final question is for anyone who is interested in stem uh how do they get into the industry what is the best way for them to break into stem now
1: Yeah, I think it kind of depends on um, exactly where they're at in their life. I would say if if it's a parent and they they want to get their child involved, I would start trying to um, give them, you know, present certain things to them. You know, there's magazines out there. Code Magazine is one I follow. Um, Or maybe even um, some of the older Microsoft magazines, even though they have discontinued those. Just kind of introduce to them, depending on their age. I would say if, if you're if they're around maybe the elementary school age, um, um, there's a couple of programs out there. I think I forgot what it's called, um, Slack or Stack or it's this Scratch, uh, Scratch, scratch. Scratch. scratch, scratch, I know that one. Scratch, Scratch is a very good program to get them involved. It's not going to be um, your your stereotypical coding, but it's kind of building blocks on how to think iteratively about building um, software. And just get you in that trend of thought the other thing is um if they're in that middle school to um you know high school age kind of you know pay attention to the amount of electives or the type of electives that they're actually choosing um they you know i'm pretty sure now there's tons of courses that are around you know um you know programming and things of that nature so try to get them you know to one of those courses to see if they like it um and if you're in the collegiate level. Um, there's a various courses you can take. I would say if you want to give it a try out and take a community cl- um, community college course over the summer or something on, you know, inter-level programming. You have a computer science major if you want to kind of take it on as a you know a, a solid career. You know, you got c- computer information um, systems. I think there's even now data scientist related degrees. Um, so there's so many different areas in, in the collegiate level. And if you're, you know, if you're in a, you know your adulthood and you're looking for a career change and you know, there's um code camps that you know you you attended one, uh, Nigel. Yep. That's a good one. Um you have Plural Site, you know, which is a mature website for being able to find different courses on various technologies if you want to learn about it. Um again, I mentioned Code magazine, which I probably shouldn't have mentioned for a younger child, but um for someone that's older, code magazine is a good place to see what the industry is doing. Um and now i kind of go into like, you know, you know, we got Cold Wars and Leech Code, and those are just um, um, websites that have programming problems. So if you want to kind of test out your knowledge and train on a particular language, both of those allow you to kind of train on whatever language you want to learn. So it, I guess, it, again, it depends on the, where you're at. Um, depends on if you're trying to make a career change versus you got, you know, you're in school, you can kind of expire your kids. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there, and a lot of times, YouTube videos have stuff out there that people are just teaching. Just, there's a lot of free
0: material out there. Absolutely. I was getting ready to say YouTube and Google can be your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one of the things that I learned from, so I, I went to a, a coding camp and and that's how I, you know, got certified as a full stack developer. Um, but one of the things I learned from being a developer is that YouTube is your best friend. Google is your best friend. Um, you know, there is, there are going to be problems out there that you may not have seen before. You know, there's nothing wrong with Googling it. You know, results, it's, this is it's a very results driven mm-hmm. industry. And so, you know, um, I don't think a lot of places, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, IT and tech are going to care how you got the answer, as long as you were able to come to the right answer. I
1: mean, shout out to Stack, flow,
0: stack Overflow. Stack Overflow. There you go. So there's so many resources out there, and that's what I wanted this podcast to be, was uh, a resource for you to know the options that are out there and to kind of get people thinking in a different direction. I I don't know how many people are thinking about STEM, or uh, and once again, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, Thinking about these types of careers or jobs is, is something for them for the future, but as the nation starts to shift and as, as the demands of everyday life start to shift, we have to start evolving our own thinking. And so I think one of the ways that we do that is get ahead of the curve in regards to how we sustain ourselves. And, you know, instead of waiting for jobs to be created for us or trusting that there will always be a job there because there always has been a job there, I mean, think about it. Back in the day, they probably would have thought there was always going to be a telephone operator job or, you know, you know, coal mining jobs like, oh, yeah, coal mining will be here forever. Coal is a a finite resource. Once it's gone, it's gone. You know, you can make more of it. You can make a replacement for it. But it's after a while, that's not going to be the mode of fuel that most machines are going to use to get around. Like, you know, we're going to start investing more in solar energy, electrical energy, uh, renewable sources, and uh, fossil fuels are going to be a thing of the past. And, you know, and, and so we need to start being forward thinking, of, especially the black community, because of the fact that uh, a lot of our wealth, and, and that's a whole nother podcast. On its own, which I might bring Fred back for that please, as well. Please
1: do. I got a lot on that. Side. Yeah,
0: um, black wealth and 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 black uh, finances um, are determined by the types of jobs that we seek and the things that we do with the money that we make. And so, um, being forward thinking, because um, you know, beyond just getting a job in STEM. Um, I can work for myself. I can freelance. I can work from home. I can do so many other things. It gives me a lot more freedom because there's so many various fields that I can work in. If, if Fred wanted to open a consulting firm, I'm sure he could probably open an IT consulting firm right now and be his own boss. So there's a lot of opportunities there. And, and that was the purpose of the day is to kind of open your eyes to some new things and some and some new thought processes. But uh, I'm not going to keep you guys any longer. I appreciate you. I love you. I thank you for coming on this uh, wonderful podcast and listening to me and my associate, Fred Royal. Uh, Fred, once again, I thank you for, thank you for, for having me, man. your insight. And uh, it is your favorite author. I write books. Boom.